Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Thursday to everybody. Woo! Yeah. Titans and Texans. Uh, by the way, we, we, need to, we need to do a better job of telling you, if, if you've missed part of this, go back and listen to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We probably don't do that enough. I, 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 I need to do a better I, I need to do a better job of that. Here's the thing. I'm telling you, if you are just hearing the show, go back and listen to Sean Salisbury from the last hour. Talk about the situation with the Houston Texans. And he made me nervous. <laughs> no, no, you thought it was bad. I, he made me nervous. I feel like now they're going to come out with guns a-blazing. Oh. Because he lampooned them. <laughs> the talent, the coach, the play calling. He, he is doing making. I'm like, man. That guy's he's doing a great job. He's a sports talk host on a good station in Houston, oh, uh, Sports Talk time. 790. Big time. And he said, I did not talk about the Texans today for 40 seconds. He did a four-hour show. He said, the, the in the time we've said hello to each other on your show, he said, we're talking about Correa, Justin Verlander. We're talking about everything. He said, we're not even talking about the Texans. He said, there's no trust to the front office. There's no trust. It, it, he he likes David Culley, and I know you love Culley. He said yeah. he keeps making the same mistakes over and over again. Well, I said that in the beginning. I don't know if he was a head coach. I mean, like, I mean, typically the guy that's running around is the the voice at practice, right? And is always positive. Is typically not your guy. And there's a reason why it took this long for him to get a job, the head job. Head job. And he said, David Culley, and I watched your face when he said this. You played on a staff that David Culley coached on in Philadelphia, and he said. Guys, here's who David Culley is. He named it to a T. You finish the nine on seven drill, and you go, let's get let's get seven on seven. We're going to field two. And he said, Culley is the guy that beats everybody there running, and it's cheering when you get there. Yeah, that's who David Culley is, yeah. and everybody loves that guy. But is that like you've said from the jump? Is that guy necessarily the head coach? Nah. But he deserved his opportunity. I just, man. What a terrible opportunity. Yeah, I don't know if I would have took this one. <laughs> but I guess you can't pass it up. You know, it's only 32 of them. So, uh, yeah, you got to yeah. take it. Yeah, but I, you know, hey, the reason why I say he made me nervous is because I watched him and he said, yeah, they play hard, but they're not playing smart. Always somebody messes up each play. And if one player messes up on offense, defense, it can mess up everything. But uh, you never know. Teams like that with Taylor, who can run around and ad lib a little bit and make some plays, they got they got enough. It's not uh, the talent level is not there with the Titans, but they have enough. So he also then made you nervous because he said, "But you know how it is, Blaine. When guys get embarrassed enough and yeah. backed into a corner enough, they will come out fighting. Yeah. They're tired of being embarrassed." Yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, and it's funny because I've been on a horrible team. Uh, we were two and fourteen. Uh, you can probably tell me the year, Mickey, because I'll get it wrong. But, uh, yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. You have to have pride in actually who you are as a player. And you're a representative of who you are on the field, regardless if you're winning or losing, if your team is very good or not. And uh, I really pride uh, myself in that. Uh, some guys kind of lay it down, especially at the end of a season when you got like two games left. and You got to be in, find a way to inspire yourself. You're getting paid to to play this game and uh, you're, you're representing yourself and you may uh, other coaches are looking, sure. let alone the coach coming in who will be coming in or where you may be going if you get released. Uh, so that just could, that, that was never part of my DNA. I just couldn't do it. That's when I started to all pissed off for greatness because we were horrible. And how could you, you turn on the tape and you watch and you see some guys like, man, eh, that's not my job. Oh. My job is to cover and not to tackle that big running back that just ran around that corner. 
Mm-hmm. So you stay blocked or what have you. I, I can't I can't do that. That that pissed me off. It really did. That that's kind of when I just start, uh, you know, chewing people out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And say, hey man, if you don't want to play, then go go somewhere else, bro. And some guys, you know, they don't like hearing that. Stay blocked. Yeah, stay blocked. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't get, get off that. But really, that block, okay. You, or did you not want to get off that block? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a, you know, you know, it's funny. Sean said that he said, "Yeah, they're yeah. playing hard," but then there's another layer to that that you gotta play hard enough, right? Like you gotta go past playing hard. You gotta play play hard enough, and that way you eventually win games. Uh, so yeah, that's I, I, I still I wouldn't take him. You know, hey, he said Cooks, you know, he the real deal. I don't care where he's at. He's still right. running by people. That's the guy that he said. So he said, if you're the Titans, and it's, we literally talked about Brandon Cooks for a while yesterday. It's like, hey, man, just know where that guy is because he can still run right back. He can still run right. He can wreck your game. I like the running backs, too. Lindsey from uh, Broncos and uh, as well as David Johnson from the uh, Cardinals. And Burkhead. They, yeah, they, they got some guys. Every, uh, I don't know how good their offensive line, back. but, yeah, every time I saw him squirt somewhere and get out, I was like, oh, uh-oh. So there's a secondary question that, that we brought up at the end of the last hour. There's a, an NFL poll that the ESPN reporters did, uh, and they named MVP candidates and inside of their top 10 guys getting votes. One of them was quarterback Ryan Tannehill, and we asked, should he, the question is up at Blaine and Mickey Twitter, should uh, Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill be considered as an MVP candidate, yes or no? Cuzzo Mike is on the line, Ooh. wants to weigh in on the Cuzzo. Mark Spain real estate hotline. What's up, Cuzzo Mike? What's up, fellas? What's hey. up? Good, good show going on. You know? Appreciate hey, you. Um, yeah, man. Appreciate you all. Yo, but I I, I, I got a uh, um, comment on the defense um, as far as I'm a little nervous for this Houston game, too. And the reason y'all said it earlier, when your back is against the wall and you've been embarrassed and you got that mm-hmm. chip on your shoulder, this is a divisional game. They want to show, like, hey, we might suck, but, you know, we still in the NFL. You got to give us some respect for what we're doing. And uh, Brable said one word that had me a little shake. Not shake, but just had me thinking, like, uh, I don't know. He said rest. We got to find a way to rest our players. This week, a divisional game, it's, every week has been, like, uh, a must-win game. So it's been tough. But the defense – Reminds me of y'all's defense, Blaine. High power offenses will come against the Titans, and the defense and y'all played so well. This defense has played so well mm-hmm. that they have taken that high power offense and have knocked them down a peg or two. They took the Bills coming in hot. Coming, Josh Allen, MVP candidate. What they, what they gonna do against them? What they do that made Josh Allen look like a little boy? Same thing with uh, same thing with Mahomes, you know. So this defense, man, I feel like you know they can stand up to whatever order, whatever, whatever, whatever's on the order, whatever the menu is, they can stand up to it. When they get uh, my Tannehill comment, um, pretty much, I look at him like uh, we we ain't we ain't gonna realize what we got until he's gone. Mm. Same thing with uh, Derrick Henry. You know, almost like, you know, Tannehill is still that quarterback that's like, oh, yeah, that guy. And so um, I don't think he's MVP candidate, but he's definitely a captain of his team. He definitely brings life 
to the game whenever the offense is sputtering. He'll go out there. He'll get an eight-yard eight run for a first down, put his shoulder into a linebacker, and he, he's our captain. But I don't think he's our. I don't think he's an MVP. And that's my comment. Much love, y'all. Thank you, Cuz. That's a that's, that's a that's a great phone call. Back it up. Yeah, and and you can actually be you can be the the glue that holds a team together, a great team, not necessarily be an MVP candidate. Although that may be an argument for why he would get some votes in the end was the quarterback, the glue that not great stats, but the glue guy on a team that held it together if they continue to do so, uh, even without Derrick Henry. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say he's more. I'm real comfortable saying he's the MVP of the team now that Henry is gone because he's the glue. Because without him, I mean, I don't know where we would be, to be honest. No. Uh, so, but MVP of the league, it just doesn't. He doesn't look like that yeah. to me. Those guys do something special. I haven't seen anything special. I've seen them manage the offense, what the coaches want him to do, whether he wants to do it that way or not. He's done it. Uh, so you can say he's done everything for this team, but MVP, man, that's a stretch for me in the whole league. Yeah. I do want to see if they could get to the offense that was scoring 31 points a game again somehow, if they could if they could approach that and get the number one seed, then at that point, and that's we're talking 17 games, and this is only played 10. That's seven more games from now. Well, if they got to playing like they were playing on offense again last year without the King with Tannehill, at that point he'd probably start to – Collect some more votes. Now you're talking Mick Music right there. Yeah. Because if he does that, then I think everybody would look at him totally different as an MVP of the entire NFL. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, the perception of that, him throwing around the yard, making plays, and now, by the way, doing it without Henry, yep. that will make him then one of the top candidates for an MVP. Mick Music. Oh, I like that. Yeah, Mick Music right there. All right, hold on to that one. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Uh, yeah, also, I'll forget. <laughs> I, I, I will forget for both of us. One other thing that's out there. We do have to mention this. Uh, Diana Rossini was on Get Up this morning. This was a quote from her. There's optimism. Derrick Henry will be back in early January. Didn't offer a whole lot. Just from what she knows, who she's spoken to, she's broken some Titan stories before. So the idea of Derrick Henry, that's something we will get. We can mm. play this audio again. But But what did your best friend say? Adam Schefter. What did Adam Schefter say, Lucas? Out for the season. And he can actually wiggle around that because he can say, January, the season's over. <laughs> the regular season. Oh, I meant 2021 calendar year. Oh, I yeah, exactly. He can weasel out of that. I mean, if he goes back to playoffs, I got that has nothing to do with me. All right, we'll get back into that. We can even replay that audio in the final segment. When we come back, we'll talk some Tennessee Vols with the coach, Doug Matthews. That's next on Blaine and Mickey. Dougie Fresh. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Always good catching up with the coach. Coach Doug Matthews jumping in studio with us. Now, Coach, how in the world are you doing? I'll say this. uh, This football season has gone by in the blink of an eye. There's two games left in the regular season for about everybody. What are we doing, Coach? It's going too fast. Well, I think it has to do. I'll just speak for myself. As you get a little older, everything goes by a little bit faster. Why do I agree with that statement? uh, When you're coaching, if you're losing, they don't go by fast enough. And if you're winning, of course, they do go by fast. But it has gone by fast. You're right. I tell you, it's been a good season. You just – Somebody will set back after this year and kind of compare last year to this year. And just think of all the huge crowds that we've seen sure. in stadiums. And really, 
I haven't heard of anything where we've had any COVID problems from a, from a uh, fan standpoint. We've had a few, but not many mm-hmm. on teams. Uh, been, there's probably been more than the, well, there have been more in the NFL than there has in college football, yeah. as a matter of fact. But uh, no, it's been a it's been a really good year, and the Southeastern Conference has had a really good year overall. We got two teams that are have potential to get in the uh, college football playoff. But just look at the teams. Look at the state of Mississippi now. <laughs> You know, that egg bowl this year. Last Woo. year, last year you had two new coaches hired, right? Oh. And now both of them are playing really well. They're in the top twenty-five. And Ole Miss found a defense playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Arkansas again. Tennessee looks like they're coming back a little bit now. So it's uh, it's uh, it's been a it's been a good year. It really has real good year. The Vols had a nice start against Georgia, and we were talking about this when you came in. They actually led ten to seven after a quarter. They ultimately could not sustain it. And, and the takeaway was, and, and Blaine says for the game, oh, they always get them early. That that offense, people, there's just no way. We had had a Georgia reporter on, yeah. and he said they're already practicing against Tennessee. They've been doing it for a few weeks now to try to sim- – you can't simulate it. So it was a nice start for Tennessee. But, oh, my gosh, the biggest takeaway, this Georgia team, oh, my gosh. Well, Georgia did what good teams do. Uh, they it, it happens often in games like that where a team comes in – Lane, I don't know if you ever played against a wishbone. You were a little bit lighter. but Oh, yeah, I played against Army that, and Navy. That's the way it used to be at wishbone, uh, wishbone teams. It would take teams when you played a wishbone team because you can't simulate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the same with this. No matter how fast you think you're going in practice, you don't realize how fast they go. And and it, it's happened to everybody this year. But But then good football teams get on the sideline. Okay, we know what we're doing now. <laughs> and most of the adjustment, quite frankly, is, hey, let's just line up and play. I know he might. Player player base defense and Georgia. Uh, I don't know if they played their base defense, but boy, when anytime they wanted to put a stop on there, they are so good on defense. I, I was mentioning on the Coach to Coach show we taped a little bit earlier today that uh, the best team, of, as defensive team, as I go back and look in the Southeastern Conference, forty years I've been associated with it, was I think Alabama's nineteen ninety two team. They won right. the national championship. Ooh. Great defense, yeah, uh, and it's hard to compare. But this Georgia defense—they are so good up front. They have so much depth, and the problem is, it's difficult to run at them. And they got so much speed with their linebackers, you can't hardly run away from them. So it makes you throw the ball, and then they are so good at pass rush. Uh, right. You know, we were talking before we went out here, mission mission to blame that. They're the they're the one team in this country that can rush only their foot four down line people, and get there. They don't have to blitz. And when you can rush four, they do such a good job of pattern reading back in the back, both zone and man, that they they're they're a handful. They're going to be a handful to anybody to play. Well, going into the game, they were giving up five point five points a game right. through nine football games. And it's, it's pretty tough in this day and time. And people mm-hmm. always want to talk about, well, their offense, they can't do this, and they can't do this. But their offense scores points. They, I mean, they're like four, they were 14th in the nation going into the game against Tennessee, and Tennessee was 15th. They are the perfect example, and I think Kirby Smart, because of his experience and everything, they, they, their, their offense is compatible to their defense. They don't need an offense that's going to go out there and go no huddle. They can huddle up. Because and you're right, they've been scoring well over thirty points a game, and uh, it's it's they're impressive. They really are. It's I don't see anybody right now beating them. Uh, oh, well, I have somebody can beat them, Coach. Themselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Only Georgia can beat Georgia. 
And Coach they're going Doug, in the game just like the Tennessee game. Tennessee knew that Georgia, right. Georgia doesn't make any turnovers. Right. If they don't turn the ball over, <laughs> you're, you're going to have a hard time beating them. Oh, my goodness. Coach Doug Matthews in studio hanging out with us, uh, brought to you by the Tennessee <laughs> Highway Safety Office. Uh, designate before you celebrate. That's because fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Well, Coach, uh, yeah, Doug, uh, you just said it. Uh, the game kind of went as you thought. I thought I thought Tennessee would score one more touchdown. Maybe they would if they wouldn't have gone on forward on that fourth down. But, you know, I, I like uh, the aggressiveness of going there. But what did you think about the play? Rolling your quarterback to the left, always tough. Uh, you know, I, I just didn't like the play call. Naturally, if it worked, everybody would have loved it. But I, I still just didn't like the play call. Uh, you know, you're trying to get your quarterback outside, uh, but it's to his left. He has to throw across his body. And if he can, he maybe he can run. But, man, you had to know that this defense is really fast. That that was going to be tough to do. Well, I know uh, as a defense coordinator, I wanted <laughs> them to roll out away from whichever arm the guy had. But that, that's where the that's where the that he threw. That's that's where the, they were lined up on the hash field. mark. They didn't have any choice. You know, not only is it difficult to throw across your body, most right-handed people – run a little bit better to the right than they do the left, just like in basketball. You know, you, you can drive a little bit. And so not only is it a little bit more difficult to, to throw the ball, it's also a little bit more difficult to run. But uh, I think regardless, it was what I think fourth and four, maybe fourth and five, uh, Georgia defensively did not have to bring people. They could play really good, hard, tough man-to-man. And, uh, they, they, you know, that, that's a tough, mm-hmm. tough to pick up fourth down four or five on anybody. But uh, – uh, you know, I, I I applaud Coach Heupel for doing it. I mean, yeah, he could have kept the game closer. Mm-hmm, he could have mm-hmm. kicked a couple of field goals. Yeah. And, you know, but he, he's trying to get his program uh, set. I think his team and anybody that's watching his team that is thinking about becoming part of his team knows that they're going to they're gonna throw the ball around. They're going to run the ball. They're going to they're gonna be high-powered, and he's going to go for it uh, most of the time. And it's, uh, that's, that's his style. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I like the aggressiveness. Uh, what do you think about Hooker's play? I thought he had to play nearly perfect. Naturally, he didn't. Nobody's going to ever play perfect, but he had to play really exceptional in this game, and he just came up, you know, he came up a little short on that. Well, there's three really good quarterbacks in this league. There's there's more than three good ones, but three really good ones. Uh, Byron Young, uh, Bryce Young, excuse me, uh, down at uh, at Alabama. Uh, certainly, uh, I think the best in the league is is is, is, is yeah, is, is exactly right. Matt Corral. I mean, he's a he is the whole package there. Uh, and then I, I, I think uh, I think you have to put Hooker right there with him. If you look at the QB rating, he's ahead of them. He going into this game was twenty one touchdowns and only two or three interceptions. Uh, you know, not as talented, maybe. But the thing that he has done so very very well, he's very decisive. When he decides to run, he runs. When he decides to throw, he throws. Uh, didn't have a great passing game, but again, I he was going up against the defense that made him get rid of the ball probably a little bit quicker. Uh, you're not going to play perfect every time, and he needed to have a, almost a perfect game for him to have a chance. But tell you what, he's he's really been a breath breath of fresh air up there. He's a very good player, good runner, uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll come back next year. We'll see. I don't know. I I beg to differ. I think he's coming out, but that's just me. What was the turning point of the game? Where do you think? Where did Tennessee lose it early? Where they were up, they had the momentum, and then. Boom, all of a sudden you think, uh-oh, this game is going in a different yeah, direction. I don't know if there was a turning point because, I, I, you know, you could see just the two teams. Georgia was so much better. And if Georgia played well, they were going to win the game. 
Uh, and, but I think that after that first, you know, they had Tennessee had 150 some yards first quarter. You know, they're up 10 to seven. But the big, the big, uh, the one that really hurt was uh, they, uh, Georgia was up 17 to 10, and right before half they had that drive, that long drive, picked up some key third downs. Mm-hmm. And went up twenty four to ten. Once once they got up two scores, going to be very difficult. And they were getting the ball after after half. Right. So uh, that was a now was it a turning point from the standpoint of would Tennessee have won if it hadn't happened? No. But going in fourteen down, two scores down instead of seven down, you know certainly affected I think both teams. But Tennessee wasn't going to win that that ball game. They really weren't. If you look at it, the, I mean the last touchdown happened when you know. They weren't backups in there for Georgia, but Georgia was playing a little looser. You know, Milton came in and and made some good throws. Matter of fact, and of course Tillman had a great ball game. I want to give him a lot of credit. You know, here's a guy I think everybody who follows Tennessee knows. In his total career, he'd, he'd caught less than ten passes in his total career, and uh, two hundred yards in that ball game. He's a physical combat catcher, runs deep routes well, short routes well, and he's a really good pass. Per, uh, run blocker, excuse me, out there on the corner. So uh, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee played pretty well. They really did. I think they they got better, and hopefully they can end up with two good wins here at the end and uh, get to seven and five, and and that would be, I think, a, a very successful season. Certainly will from my viewpoint. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, do you know much about uh, South Alabama? No. Yes, I do. For this simple reason, Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele's son is the offensive line coach. I called Kevin. Their offense is going to be, if you think what Alabama did last year, that style of offense, what they did last year, three of the coaches on South Alabama staff, offensive coaches were at Alabama last year. Two of them were just Major Applewhite's offensive coordinator. So it's that style. Major was almost the OC at Arkansas State, and then he was not. He went to South Al. <laughs> and and so it's that style of offense. Their quarterback, yeah. the Bentley kid, who transferred South from Carolina. South Carolina, hurt his knee, so he's out. And actually, I forget the young man's last name, but he is uh, Ozzie Newsom's grandson. The other quarterback, Desmond Trotter. Desmond Trotter. Mm-hmm. He, that's uh, Ozzie. Uh, uh, I'm 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 putting all this on Kevin Steele. So, <laughs> but Kevin's been Kevin's been down to see him a couple times down there. Uh, it's a team Tennessee plays well. Yeah, you know they 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 should win this ball game. But but uh, and I think they'll play well. They've they really haven't played poorly all year long. They really haven't. They do have uh, Coach Doug Matthews, our guest at Tennessee Highway Safety Office, making it happen. They have a really good receiver, a guy named Jalen Tolbert, who just got. Uh, we got a Senior Bowl Hall of Famer in the room here in Blaine Bishop. He got an invitation to the Senior Bowl. He's had two really good back-to-back seasons. That's a guy you always have to know. Who do we have to plan for? That would be that guy. Kevin told me he didn't know their name, but he's watched them three or four times this year. Kevin told me they he they had two wide receivers. He thought one for sure would be an NFL guy, and the second one possibly could be mm-hmm. running backs. You know, kind of that level running back, mm-hmm. uh, offensive line. Uh, they're a good football team, five and five, good football team that. In the Sun Belt, right? And they've been yeah. yeah, and they've been beat up too. Of course, you get them at team. Those teams at the end of the year are playing a, a Southeastern Conference team. It's, it should be a mismatch, but you, you know you, you don't ever know. I think they'll they'll come in and certainly want to play well. But I think Tennessee will play well too. Uh, what's the latest on health? It do, it didn't look good today. I saw for Tyon Evans. It didn't sound like Josh Heupel sounded very optimistic. He would yeah, practice. Yeah, I don't play. know. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, really. These last two ball games, I mean, they've played without him a good bit this year. Uh, Small and Wright will probably do most of it. Uh, Whitehead didn't play. I don't know if he's injured or, or what. I, 
I don't really ask them about injuries because they probably don't want to tell me anyway. Yeah, right. But uh, pretty, they're pretty healthy. I mean, they got the offensive line. I think all of them are ready to go. They've had a couple of young guys there who who played well. When Tennessee's five starters are in there in the offensive line, they're a good unit because they work well together. Uh, so I think they'll be. Uh, I think they'll be really healthy. Tennessee has a lot to play for. Uh, this will get them a bowl eligible. Vanderbilt coming next week after Thanksgiving. That's always a, a a game that most Tennessee players look forward to. So they're sitting pretty good right now. I I thought that, uh, uh, and matter of fact, I co- told Coach Heupel this a couple of different times. I said, and I don't don't win any more than six games this year because if you win more than six, this group, this crowd is going to want you to beat Georgia for the SEC East next year. Sure, they got a good chance of winning seven. Got to win them. But they're in good position and relatively healthy. They haven't been had a lot of depth all year anyway. But right. they're rel- relatively healthy on both sides of the ball. They they got some weaknesses, but they're you know the linebackers are in particular uh, Banks is a very good player. The other two really should not be playing at that level. But again, the two starters last year, I hear some Tennessee fans talk about how they weren't very good. Well, one of them starting at Alabama, and the other was starting at Michigan State, and both those teams. In the top, top five in the, uh, the college football yeah, playoff. Ash, Come on now. Come on, y'all. Don't be a well, you know how it is. When, uh, they leave hey, when they're ours, they're good, and when they're not ours, oh, they're not very good now. anymore. But, uh, <laughs> You're wearing the orange color glasses. But Tennessee, t- Tennessee benefited a lot from transfers. See, they've had several transfers that have played very well. Hooker. Shame the Mitchell them. kid couldn't have stayed healthy because maybe he yeah, could have helped them. That, that's the one area. Right. They weren't very deep. Tennessee was not very deep at, at linebacker before those two left. And they got a couple of guys out there that are undersized. They play their butts off, but you know you got a two hundred and thirty pound running back and a two hundred guy pounder try to try to tackle them. You can do that a few times, but when you have to do it the whole ball game, it uh, you know it gets a little bit tough in there. But again, they're 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 playing about as well as those those two guys are playing about as well as they can play. As a coach, that's all you could ask. Yeah, uh, we're on it's with it. our coach Doug Matthews here. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's that's all you can ask, and you. You sometimes forget that as a coach. Mm, sure. <laughs> uh, and you also, it, it takes a while when you have to admit, uh, just like, uh, let me give you a great example, uh, the, the last touchdown pass uh, when the, the, back, the back came out of the backfield against Georgia and the linebacker had to go out there and line up against him. Oh, good. If you ask good. a linebacker to go out and cover a good, and Cook is a good re- run, receiver, mm. man on man with no help, and he gets beat, it's not his fault. Mm. It's your fault for putting him in that position. If you're going to do that, you have to have a safety go help him because everybody in that stadium knew who they were going to go to. No doubt. And uh, it was a little out up. Should he have done a better job? Yes. But, again, they put him in a bad position. And that's not being critical. That's just sometimes you are forced to do that. Sure. Uh, but when you do it, you know that if they go if they go to that guy, you know, we see it at every level. We see it in the pros. You, you get a linebacker out there against a good running back, they're probably going to get uh, – Probably gonna get uh, gonna get beat more often than not, and you know they're gonna go with a takeoff route. Yeah, sure, they're gonna see if you can cover. Well, speaking of coaching, though, coach, now these last two games, not to you know talk about the the opponents, but if you get up like you're supposed to do and do what you're supposed to do these last two games, will we get to see? I guess some other players continue to develop and get some playing time at this point. Uh, is that how do coaches think about that? Yeah, the well, remember that uh, and, and that. The, you have the four games that you can play in four games is still redshirt. So right. Tennessee has some of those players who can play. I would anticipate them playing. Uh, and you know, and one thing we talk about getting up and all that, 
this seems to me to be Josh Heupel's style that, you know, he's not a too, he's not a raw, raw guy. You know, he's not over there jumping up and down raw, raw. Uh, so his team, I think plays pretty even, you know, they haven't been well, way he's up. a quarterback. So he has to stay even. And he coaches like, that. Uh-huh. you know, a, a, a couple of examples would be look at South Carolina. All right. With the Beamer kid over there, he's just the opposite. Right. Which, by the way, I want to say, for them to be at five wins, South Carolina, that is a heck of a coaching job because they are not that good, but they're at five wins. They've got an opportunity to get to a bowl game also. So There's been some good coaching in this league. I mean, maybe at the end of the year we'll talk a little bit more about it, but you just look around. I mentioned the two Mississippi schools. Arkansas has done it. An excellent job, you know, and uh, Kentucky, obviously. Sure. There's been some good coaching that's gone on in this league, and yeah. it's it's good to see. Supposed to be the best. They're getting paid like the best. Well, I was going to say, for uh, three, four, five, three, four, if you make three, four, five million. By the way, did you yeah. did you see the Michigan State? I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah the extension? What is that? How many years is that for? I don't know. It's not finalized yet, but nine or ten years at $95 million. It's ten years for nine, nine and a half million per year. And that guy didn't get a head coaching job what, until two years ago, Mel Tucker. Yeah. He's done a fabulous God job. bless him. Amen. Yeah. Well, Nick Saban's get underpaid. They made a uh, – he made a, a – he is, he is a perfect example, he and Michigan State, of how the transfer portal helped. They got that running back from uh, uh, from uh, uh, from Wake Forest. Wake right. Forest. He's got 1,500 yards yeah. rushing right. now. Like, they've, got, they've got eight or ten uh, – Transfer portal guys. And that's what's going to be the interesting thing to me going forward. Nobody really knows. That is such a, a new situation, the transfer portal, where you can transfer and come in. And uh, I think there's there's one thing. I think it's Texas State, Mickey. I'm not sure. They didn't recruit anybody. They only they didn't signed, they didn't it, sign it, a it single him. high school player. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think they gave Texas him a 30-year extension, too, by the way. It's Texas State. It's Texas State. <laughs> Every yeah. kid was a transfer. But that, that's what we're going to see now. We're right. going to see teams that change all of a sudden because they got those those transfers coming in. And the new rule this year that was just put in place, you can sign your 25 up to your 25, and then you can sign one for every tra- – player you have that transfers up up to seven so theoretically you could sign 32 players uh in this in this class so you're going to see some teams kind of change overnight and uh it's a different world throw throw name image likeness in there yes sir you're trying to figure all those things out it's uh it's going to be a thrill a minute as my old head coach. (laughs) it's always a thrill a minute when we get coach doug matthews coach thanks for the time as always uh catching football saturday big orange sunday and every year this same time on the Blaine and Mickey show. When we come back, what did Diana Rossini say about Derrick Henry? We'll play you that audio next. Blaine and Mickey. come up to me all the time when I'm in Nashville. They say, you guys have no respect for us. You guys don't care about us. You don't even consider us. And you look at the percentages there of us, you know, picking Kansas City to win the AFC. I, I kind of feel that. I hear what they're saying. Mm. What does this team have to do for everyone to believe that they are the best team in the AFC? They are the only team that has beat four teams with winning records this season. They, they just the got through this gauntlet. Okay, no Derrick Henry. They've been <laughs> able to figure it out. I was just in Nashville talking to some people on the team, talking to some people connected to the organization, trying to get a sense. What's up with Derrick Henry? Is he coming back? There is optimism that he will be back early January, wow. right? So just think about early this. Early January, that a is possibility. Perfect timing for well, this team 
for the playoffs to begin. So do not count the Tennessee Titans out if you're not impressed with that. That is sneaky yet. big news. Early January, him that, coming back could make all the difference. There's a feeling if all goes well, yeah. if all goes well. And they don't like to do timelines right, there okay. in Nashville. But Got if, that vibranium? You know, you know Derek Henry's going to do what he needs to do to get back out there. So that's Diana Rossini on Get Up. The quote, there is optimism. Derrick Henry will be back in early January, as we were seeing earlier on the show. So the season, because it's 17 games, goes another week into January this year. The Titans play Miami uh, on the 2nd of January. They play the Texans on the 9th of January. So the playoffs would start the next week. Then if you get the bye, if you were the top seed in the AFC, somehow they could continue this run. They wouldn't have to play for two more weeks later into January. The King, we were joking about this in the commercial break. And Blaine, you said, well, I mean, if you're Schefter, or you or Lucas once said this, you know, if you're Schefter, you could say, like I said, he wasn't going to play at all this regular season, but he could come back for the playoffs. Yeah. You could double down. You could back off on that. Yeah, because he said he was, uh, what, what was his quote there, Lucas? Schefter. The Derrick Henry quote from Schefter. He's just said out for the season. Yeah, he's right. been consistent mm-hmm. and out for the season. So I don't know if he's going to spin that into 2021 calendar year, regular season. I don't know. He's saying he's done. Yeah. You know, and it was interesting. She kind of threw in there at the end, you know, the Titans don't like to throw out timelines. timelines. Right, right. What? Well, who gave you that information? The actual Titans. So they basically did give you a timeline because you wouldn't have suggested that. So, you know, it's almost like, I don't want to offend you, but I'm going to say this. Well, yeah. So they actually gave him a timeline. But, you know, it could happen or it couldn't. Sure. Here's my whole thing about this whole Derrick Henry, you know, and I'm not out of wits uh, like a lot of people, but at some point you're going to make a decision. Do we take the risk and we play him? He's healed. He's working. He's ready to rock and roll. I'm I'm already taking my mind there, and I have to start selling down how I'm going to make this decision if I'm the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, if all things say go, all right, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? Certainly break it again. Right. That's the worst thing. Guess what? That's worth the risk in the coach's eye. Maybe not to Henry. Why? You got a whole six months of offseason yeah. to let it heal. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it will become a point where if he feels good, and he looks good, and he's out there cutting, nothing happens. That doesn't mean it's going to work out in the game, but you say it's worth the risk because he's got all offseason. Yep. And I'm sure Henry wants to play too. He's a competitor. You don't get this good <laughs> be one of the best without being that. And as you always told me, the train doesn't stop rolling. You know, they don't go, oh, coach, I'm sorry you don't feel good. Hey, man, can you play? Can you go? You can go? Okay, go. Yeah. And that means it's time for us to go. Yes. <laughs> That's absolutely it. Hey, Big Friday. From you. You, you nailed that. All right. The, you hear the Eagles. That does mean it's time for us to fly 3HL coming up next on this Thursday. Yep. Happy Thursday, Mickey. Yes, sir. And as always, you know it. Peace. Peace.